Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper. Our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton. He's the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. And every week at this time, we hope to connect you with our story and the stories within our ministry here at Harvest as we, in our relationships with Christ, are developing a heart for God and hoping to help you develop a heart for God as well. Well, this Sunday, we resume our Behold Our God series at Harvest Baptist Church, and we'll tell you more about that at the end of the program. But today, it's our privilege to visit with a special speaker here at Harvest and a friend of our ministry, Dr. Jim Tillotson. He's the president of Faith Baptist Bible College in Ankeny, Iowa. And Pastor Walton, Dr. Tillotson, welcome today. Thanks, Chris. It's good to be here and good to invite my, my good friend, Jim Tillotson. I've known Jim for a long time. Uh, he and I went to college together uh, way back in the day, and uh, God has connected us in various ways over the years, uh, pastoring churches that shared some similarities and some similar growth tracks. And then in the recent years, God has connected our ministries in a couple different ways, and even more importantly than that is connected our hearts. And so it's been great for me personally to be able to have uh, Jim Tillotson here as our guest speaker for the summit meetings that have been going on beginning uh, this past Sunday, be going on through uh, tonight, uh, through Wednesday night. But Jim, uh, thanks for uh, taking time to be uh, with us here in Guam, and uh, we really have, have appreciated your ministry during these days. Thank you very much. I've really enjoyed being on the island. I know that you're uh, the president of Faith Baptist Bible College. I think you've been there for about three years. Can you tell us a little bit about faith and the ministry there and how uh, God called you to that ministry? Sure. Faith is the oldest Bible college in the United States outside of Moody Bible Institute. We started in 1921. Uh, we are a fully accredited college, and uh, we do ministry degrees. We do education degrees. Um, and we're hopefully adding a new degree, uh, organizational leadership. And you've been there how long? I've been there three years, just starting my fourth year. Okay. I know that you pastored uh, up in Canada. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But tell us how you, uh, God transitioned you to the ministry at, at Faith from pastoring a church that God was blessing up in Canada. Well, while I was pastoring, I really was doing what I love to do in a beautiful place in the world, if you've ever been to the Canadian Rockies. And I got a call out of nowhere from Faith Baptist Bible College asking if I would consider being their president. Uh, I said I wasn't interested, and they asked me if I would come speak to college kids. I said I'd love to speak to college kids. And they said, well, since you're there, why don't you let us interview you? And so we agreed to do that, and through that process, God made it clear uh, that uh, he wanted us to come. It was uh, quite a journey. My wife, when she first heard about this, she said if I was going through a midlife crisis, she said she would bleach blonde her hair and I could go buy a car. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what was I thinking about being a Bible college president? Um, and as we worked through it uh, with our friends and our counselors uh, and my daughter, uh, who is still, I have three children. Uh, we had one, though, 16 years old when I made the move. Uh, originally, she was not interested, but then the next day she came back and said, Dad, uh, if this is what God wants you to do, I'm 100% behind it. And that's when we started praying for two weeks. And at the end of those two weeks, God made it clear this is what he wanted us to do. Why don't you tell us a little bit more um, about the college? What kind of students are, are coming to faith uh, from what parts of the country? I mean, that's a long way away from Guam. Just tell us a little bit more about the ministry there. 
Well, we have three students from Guam uh, at our school right now, and we have probably 40% of our students are from Iowa, and the other 60% are really from all over America, South America. We have a lot of students from Peru. Um, we have a one-year biblical worldview certificate because we're fully accredited. No matter what degree you want, you can come to our college, and then that would transfer to any other school that you would like to go to. So we have a lot of students who aren't sure what God has for their life, or maybe they want to go into engineering or a degree we don't have, but they'd like to come to faith for one year and then transfer those credits over, which we think is a great opportunity uh, for them to sort out what God has for their life. And then we have two-year degrees and four-year degrees, and then we also have a seminary. So we really attract students from all over, but primarily it's students that really have a heart for the Lord and uh, are really wanting God to direct their steps in the, the next move that they're going to make. You've been telling me about some of the amazing things that God's doing in the life, the lives of the students on campus and across the campus. Can you share with our listeners a little bit of what God's doing there? Sure. One of the things we encourage our students to do is serve, and we host a uh, pastor and Christian leadership conference. I went into our students, and they're all busy. I just said, you know what? I don't want any of you to do this feeling you have to, but I could use help. And you have to do everything late with college students. So we started at 930 at night, and I walked in the room with my secretary, and there was 110 college kids. And uh, I said to my secretary, we don't need this much help. And she said, well, we do now. And uh, they just were amazing. They served their guts out. And uh, so many pastors and Christian leaders were so impressed with our students. Uh, our girls asked if they could write a letter to the pastor's wives who were attending. Uh, this was their idea, and so they did that. I got up in chapel then the next day and, and thanked the girls for doing that. And the guys were like, could we write a letter to the pastors who came? Mm, that's great. And uh, they did. And uh, one of the students put $5 in the letter to a pastor. And this pastor said, I feel like drinking water when David's men brought it back from the well. He said, I can't accept a Bible college student's five bucks. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but it's really been that kind of a spirit. Uh, among our students is a great passion uh, to reach people with the gospel. And uh, one of our college students started a, a group because he had led someone to the Lord, and a lot of other people were saying, how did you do that? And uh, he said, well, I'd like to just have a class for anyone that would be interested in coming to learn that. We just They just met last week and had 45 guys show up uh, to go through that class. So it's really a spirit of revival on our campus right now. I mean, the students really care about each other. They really care about the Lord. And to be honest, I haven't been around college-age kids like that in a long time. It's just an amazing group of young students. We've appreciated your ministry uh, to a, a number of different groups here on campus over these days. You've been in the academy. Um, God's been doing some neat things at Harvest Christian Academy in our chapels. You've also had the opportunity to preach and speak in chapel for HBBC. And so we know a little bit of the excitement of uh, college kids that are wanting to serve God. And um, as you see, as you're traveling around the country and as you're evaluating um, young people of that age, uh, what are you seeing in Christian young people? You talked about uh, at least the ones that uh, are on your campus, maybe the ones that you're seeing here in their passion for God and their desire to serve God. I would say they're highly motivated by uh, a passion for the Lord. I, I think when you look at this generation, which is Generation Z, this generation is more conservative than the millennials. Um, they're more thoughtful. Uh, they're more careful. Uh, but all those things are good things. They're just as passionate. Uh, and I would say that you're seeing a lot of young people that are very passionate. They're afraid of commitment. You're seeing a lot of students getting their driver's licenses later than they used to. 
Uh, in fact, if you study Gen Z, they're saying 28 is the old 18. And I would say we see that a lot with our young people. Um, but it's not that they're afraid to go do great things for the Lord. Um, they probably are just more cautious. They're, in other words, back in the day, people would go for a lifetime to the mission field. Gen Z would say, I'll go for four years. Not that they wouldn't go another four years, but they just want to be more careful. You said that you pastored up in Canada um, for a number of years before God called you to faith. Now, Canada is a long way away from Guam. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about what it was like pastoring up in that area, and tell us about the church that you pastored. Um, well, Canada is very different, even temperature-wise. Uh, in the wintertime, we'll have weeks of minus 40, uh, which is the same Fahrenheit or Celsius, if you are confused about that. It's very cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I went to Canada, they said it was the graveyard of preachers. There was very, In fact, when I went there, uh, there was no self-supporting church in our entire area, which would be the size of the Midwest. And uh, But I would say that there's a lot of people that though they've never heard the gospel or open to it. And we started seeing a lot of people come to Christ. Um, and really, I think just like in any culture, uh, if you're friendly and you desire to show people who Jesus Christ is, there's a lot of people that are interested. And I just think one of our problems in, in anywhere I've traveled is we're just not engaging with people that don't know Jesus Christ. And um, But as we started doing that, we saw hundreds of people come to Christ uh, we planted four churches. We started a Christian school, had a small college. Actually, to be honest, being on Guam and Harvest Ministries reminds me a lot of our ministry up in Canada, except that we didn't have a radio station. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you told a great story to some to some of us uh, on Sunday about the transition to Iowa, and I think there were some funny things that happened, but it was a hard transition for you, and God maybe taught you some things through that time. Could you tell us a little bit about that transition? Well, one of the transitions is, if you've never been to the Canadian Rockies, it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet, and everyone in my church says, what's in Iowa? And really, it's just corn. Uh, That's all that's there. In fact, uh, they have cornfields in Iowa that look like the ocean, If you look off the island and all you see is water in Iowa, you look out, all you can see is corn. I've never seen anything like that in my whole life. And uh, so that was a a big adjustment just from there. Uh, But I would say in the transition, God made it clear he wanted us to go. And our desire has always been if God makes it clear, then we want to say yes. And so um, it was a very difficult transition. Uh, My sister passed away uh, while we were transitioning. And I didn't know anyone in Iowa. I'd driven through the state of Iowa twice in my entire life before I went to be the president. And uh, we got there in my first week. My wife got poison ivy. We don't have poison ivy in Alberta. And it got misdiagnosed. And when it went over her entire body, the uh, doctor put her on steroids. And when her muscles got bigger than mine, I said, no more steroids, honey. you got to stop. <laughs> And uh, then she got chiggers, and uh, we asked, what's a chigger? And it's just a little bug you can't see, but it takes a bite out of you. And uh, so I said, I had no idea I moved my family to such a dangerous place. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it was a really hard transition when we first got there. I mean, starting all over, making new friends. Uh, Probably a lot of people that move here to the island relate to what we went through. Uh, It's a big deal to leave your family and friends and uh, our daughter, our oldest daughter, stayed in Canada. My wife's sister married a guy from our church. She stayed with five nieces and nephews. Um, her other sister's daughter had married a guy in our church. And so we left a lot of family to move to a place we did not know anyone. So, But three and a half years later, it's amazing the friends I have now. 
And uh, the people at the college are amazing. It's really an amazing group of people. Uh, almost all of them are earned PhDs because we're an accredited school, uh, but they're humble. And I think that's a wonderful combination. When you, I tell people it's easy for me to be humble because I'm not that smart. But when you're really smart and humble, that's a big deal. And we're just blessed with a lot of guys on our campus that are really smart, but are really humble and really love the Lord. You were telling us, and I, a, a lot of us that were listening were challenged um, by something that you said. In fact, I'm not sure if I can say it exactly, but you were talking about that transition and uh, you challenged us to trust God uh, when you can't track Him. Um, and reference, I think, Psalm 77, 19 at that time. Told us a little bit about a trouble you were having with a, with a door, I think, in, in your house <laughs> in this transition. And you related those things together. What was that all about? Well, when, I, when we made the decision to go to faith, all, my dream my whole life had been to pastor church in Canada. So this came out of nowhere. And uh, so when we decided that we were willing to go, the night we told our church was the most difficult night. Many people that we loved just walked by and wouldn't talk to us. And so I'm working through all of this. But in Canada, because the weather's so cold, if you have an attached garage, that's a big deal. And so we had just got our dream home. Primarily, it had an attached garage, had a three-car detached shop on five acres. It was all excellent. And if you have an attached garage, you never use your front door. You just drive in and walk in. And well, when it came time for us to sell our house, uh, I had to find the key to the front door, which I had no idea where that was. So I had to go buy a new lock set. I'm pretty handy, so that's not a big deal. Bought the lock set, got home. And then I had to find, of course, the holes didn't line up. So I went to go find the drill, and the drill is in the last box I look in. And now this has taken an hour longer just finding that. And then I found the drill, but the chuck wasn't with the drill. So then I spent another hour looking for the chuck so that I could put the drill in, finally get that together, drill the hole, put the first screw in and the screw strips. And uh, it was just unbelievable. And I got mad and I got mad at God, to be honest. And I just thought, God, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. Could you help me with a stupid doorknob? Hmm. And uh, he didn't. Another hour went by and uh, I almost didn't need a new doorknob. I almost needed a whole new door. And I was just so upset. And uh, I just had to finally just repent and just say, God, I'm sorry. I look back now and go, what a funny thing to get upset about. But, um, but I think God taught me a lot through that process. So the times in life when we know God's leading, but we don't always understand everything that he's doing. Right. And uh, I think uh, Psalm 77. Uh, yeah, it was 19. It, was it 19? Yeah. What's the verse again? It says, "My God's way, his way is in the sea, his footsteps are not known. And I think a lot of times we want to trust God and we'll follow God as long as we can figure it out. As long as we know where God's going, we're good going there. Uh, but often God is not going to show us all the steps. God just wants, that's what faith is. If I can understand it, it's not faith. It's when I can't understand it that God's saying, now you need to trust me. And so many people in Scripture wrestled with that Job, the most righteous man. Uh, and God tells us in Isaiah, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And yet often it's hard to trust God. We're not wired that way. We want to know. It's not that we won't do what God wants. At least we think that. We think if God showed me, I'd definitely do it. Although many of us have proven that that's not always true either. But uh, most of us just have a really hard time trusting God when we can't figure it out. And uh, all through the Old Testament and even the New Testament, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And God's constantly telling us, will you trust me when you can't track me? And we had to l learn a big lesson in the step of faith there. 
as I've been interacting with people that were there in that session as you're talking about that. In the days since then, we've had a number of people that have said, um, I know I know that feeling. I know that um, sense of I, I trust God, but I don't know what he's doing right now in this time and of my life. And so the complete acceptance of what God's doing and willingness to obey when we don't always understand. In fact, even now there might be some people that are listening to us that are going through some experiences of life where they don't, they're not sure what God's doing. Um, things are hard and they don't understand. What kind of advice would you give them? Maybe some things that you learned in that time about, about trusting God during these seasons. Well, I think the temptation when we can't figure God out is to get frustrated. And when we get frustrated, we often make bad decisions. Uh, just like Abraham and Sarah, when God told them they'd have a child and they waited and they waited and they waited decade after decade. And eventually they got frustrated and said, it must not be with us. And they made a really bad decision. And Moses, after putting up with the nation of Israel all those years, in one moment of frustration strikes the rock. And I think the biggest challenge when you can't figure God out is just keep doing the things you know are right. Joseph, 14 years, everything goes wrong. But the whole time, God was moving him into second in command so that he could save the nation of Israel. God was working out a great plan, but it took 14 years to figure it out. Uh, Job chapter 42, I tell people, make sure you have a chapter 42 in your life. When things go wrong, too many people bail out on God and they miss the great things God was planning to do for them. Uh, and I just think that the biggest challenge when you can't figure God out is keep having your devotion, stay in church, stay connected to Christian friends. And yet often when things go wrong and we can't figure God out, those are the first things we abandon. Uh, we stop going to church. We stop reading our Bible. We stop hanging out with Christian friends. And that's the worst thing you can do when you can't figure God out. Um, the thing you need the most is to stay close to God. And if we really do believe God is good all the time, God has a good plan for my life all the time. God is wise all the time. Then the one thing I know about God is he's always doing something good. Mm -hmm. And even though I don't understand it, even though I, it makes no sense to me, I do know that someday I will understand. If not in this life, I will know in heaven because of who God is. Because he is good all the time, all of those things are working for good. Mm -hmm. And when my sister died on my way to faith, I still today don't know why that happened at that time. But I know someday I will understand. And it would be crazy for me to be mad at the God who's taking care of my sister. She was a Christian. She's in heaven. And for me to get frustrated at God and say, you know what, I'm not going to serve you anymore because you did something I don't understand. And I think uh, I talked to someone on Sunday who lost a child. Uh, and I, I always say that the greatest grief is when a parent loses a child. That's not normal for a child to pass away first. And a lot of parents wonder why. Why did that happen? What's the good that came out of that? And I can't answer that question, but I can tell them, stay close to God. And God does work all things together for good. doesn't mean all things are good. It does mean that all those things work together in some way for God's ultimate purpose. Well, we've really appreciated your ministry um, throughout these days. I've appreciated personally just the time spent with you and, and some good counsel that you've given me and just the good accountability of friendship. So thank you for taking the time. I know you're a busy guy. Thank you for spending this time with us at Harvest, and thank you for taking some time to talk to our audience here today. 
Well, it's such a blessing to be here at the early stage of your ministry. I'm excited for what God's going to do at Harvest Ministries, and uh, I've appreciated our friendship all through the years. Uh, but this has been really fun to serve the Lord together this week. I've just It's been a real blessing to me personally, and uh, honestly, I told my wife the other day I had no idea how much I needed this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been a great counselor to me as well. It was fun to sit in on your pastor's meeting, and just been really fun to be with you this week. Thanks, Pastor Gary and Dr. Tillotson, and thank you for listening to this edition of Harvest Time. We'd like to personally invite you to services this weekend at Harvest Baptist Church. As we begin Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m., we have children's programs at that time and our adult Bible fellowships. If you're not sure where to go, you can stop by our kiosk, which is right in front of the auditorium. And then at 10.30 a.m., we'll be resuming our Behold Our God series from the book of Isaiah during our morning worship service. That's at 10.30. At 6 p.m. Sunday evening, our Family Bible Hour. We'd be happy to have you attend at that time, too. If you need any more information, you can always go to hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Well, thank you again for listening to Harvest Time. Harvest Time.